Out by 16 or dead in the scene, but together forever. Together forever. I don't want you leaving the house. The news says there's still some wild animal on the loose. Let's get out of here. Danger! Danger! Look like a lycanthrope to me. Think you see werewolves a lot? Why do you? Stop it! Wait a second! You dropped this. In my truck. What happened to you? Ginger Fitzgerald. <laughs> Rocked my world. Could be anything, but here I am thinking. I can throw. I just want to talk to you. Something about a fight with the missing girl? guys who weren't running the show had science and the apes had clubs and well some rifles i guess but i don't know i think it should be classified as an action movie (laughs) ape action in the um in the novel he proves he's an intelligent human by using uh euclidean geometry not a paper he draws on the floor because that's the one thing that's it's like one of the things that's just universal oh okay yeah he couldn't just because the 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 apes dismiss his talking as just like clever animal parroting of what oh, they're saying. Oh, like being, yeah. Yes, but when he draws out the geometry on the floor, they, they realize. I know, see. So they dumbed it down by putting a paper airplane in the movie. <laughs> if you remember, that's that's how he proved he was intelligent. Oh, yeah. Hey, listeners, you're probably wondering what the fuck is going on. <laughs> you are listening <laughs> to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie uh, in a shed at the bottom of a garden. Yes, just us, three friends, doing that talking, and sometimes other talking, like what we recently watched. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features. Uh, find them that on Amazon. That sounded like a weird edit. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like arp, a weird arp, e- live arp, edit. Arp. Arp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so you could find them on Amazon or iTunes. Uh, say hi to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon Dash Rays. Um, uh, you know, sometimes I hear stuff and, and I edit it, and it sounds so smooth, and other times it does sound like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, guys, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, yes, Happy New Year. 
Last time we were here, it wasn't quite the new year yet. No. And uh, here it is. Here we are in glorious 2019. Yeah. 2019, a year to be forgotten for sure. Uh, you know something? <laughs> you know what I like about this year already? That it's not 2018. It's not 2018, yeah. and it's not quite 2020. No. Which will have a lot of puns. Mm, it will. Have uh, you noticed that how many dystopian movies are set in 2019? Are there? Yeah. Wow. It's like, it's like a, a last year was rollable. And then this year, it's uh, Akira. Oh, wow. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. That's right, Blade Runner. Um, um, there was something... Zardos. Is Zardos in 2019? Or is That's that what I heard. Okay. Yeah, I saw someone post it. It was 2019, but I think it's further. Mm. Um, uh, Kill Raven, the Marvel War of the Worlds oh. series, I think. Yeah, so uh, we're just going to make it through this year. Yeah. 2019, a thing to be endured. I think that should be the slogan. <laughs> um, since uh, since some listeners may just have jumped in and said, oh, okay, this is the first episode of these guys in this new year. I'm just Every episode, okay. somebody's I'm, first episode. We re- we, you know, probably true. We're going to reboot. And somebody's <laughs> last episode. You know, <laughs> if that's who you are, then good riddance. Uh, well, I meant people probably going to die after this. Oh, shit. Listeners, don't listen. I take, I take it back. It's not cursed. It's a haunted, cursed podcast. Yeah, we have the ring of podcasts. Yes. Um, now, listeners who are just joining us or who haven't listened to every single episode may not know this. Shame. Uh, I have stolen uh, Jolien's idea several years ago of the first thing you stick in your eye holes in the new year is something good. Mm-hmm. An excellent movie. Uh, something maybe you've seen before or something you know to be good. Um, what did you do this year, Jolien? Uh, I watched Rollerball. Rollerball, all right. I love it. <laughs> set in 2019. Well, it's set it in 2018, f- but 2018. Uh, yeah, I thought I'd, I'll mark the passing of the year and watch that one. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Great movie. I've got to watch Akira sometime. I watched Enter the Dragon. Oh, yes. I yeah. watch that every year. Yeah. At I, some point. I may have done the same thing last year, but I don't know for sure. Hmm. You did, uh, but I don't remember what what you did. <laughs> what you watched? Uh, well, I mean, I did steal Jolien's idea for like three or four years now, but uh, no, I'm pretty sure last year you watched something, or yeah. yeah uh, well, it may have been Enter the Dragon, is what I, I'm saying. Oh, okay. I might have repeated the same movie. Not like I couldn't go back and listen to the episode and find out. Uh, Will, what about you? Did you do any such thing? Uh, no, we finished up watching The Magicians, and that's pretty much all I've watched. Oh, well, all right. That that was quick. Uh, I'll make mine short, too. I watched um, Martin, the George A. Romero movie, uh, written and directed by. Mm-hmm. Um, what year was that one? 70, 76, I think. 70, I wanted to say 76 or 77. Um, good movie. I was uh, pretty open-minded going into it. Mm-hmm. 77. And I was pleasantly surprised at how good it actually was. Uh, the unreliable narrator thing was super unreliable. I think <laughs> the movie was ending. I'm like, did he really, did that happen to him or not? So I would like to read some different, uh, different takes on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil any of it for listeners who dig Night of Living Dead and any of the George Romero um, sequels. I think this is... His most, his longest time on screen as an actor, isn't it? Yeah, because he plays the priest. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, and he wears it well, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I did that. Uh, White Boy Rick, which is a new release. Um, saw that. That's Matthew McConaughey and some kid with curly hair. I forget the actor's name. It's basically some people in uh, just rundown, shitty Detroit. And the it's it's based on a true story pretty closely, I guess. Uh, the dad's basically an arms dealer and the kid gets into the gang life. So oh, yeah, not yeah. gang life, but drug dealing life. Yeah, I've seen the trailer. Yeah, he's kind of running his own little crew, but not really you know, like Crips versus Bloods or anything. Um, it's... Uh, you know, nothing good really happens in the movie, but it's a good movie. I mean, it's well made and it's well written. Uh, you do get to know a little bit about the actual dude at the end of the movie, um, who, you know, the kid grows up to be. Uh, I guess that's a bit of a spoiler because he gets to grow up. <laughs> You're not so sure that's going to happen watching the movie. Um, so that one and, of course, Enter the Dragon. Uh, that's all I got since last time. Other than uh, the Twilight Zone Marathon, which is always on New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. I watched a bunch of episodes. Yeah, any favorites? This year, I paid a little better attention to Black Leather Jackets. It's the one where the three um, leather jacket-looking hoodlum biker guys move in. I think the world's one way, and it turns out it's another. <laughs> Actually, uh, it's probably okay to spoil this one. No, I'm sorry. I spoiled the whole series. <laughs> right. Did you ever see that one Gilligan's Island where they almost get off the island, but Gilligan fucks it up just before it no, happens? No, I've been waiting to see that one. Yeah. It's a legend. It's a good one. It's been one. tied up in legal battles for years. Um, yeah. So uh, black leather jackets, uh, these three guys move in to a rental house or maybe they bought it. I don't know. Who's to say they couldn't have bought it. Um, They pretty clearly, you know, are from another planet, but they just look like a bunch of biker guys. And then one of them starts to sort of uh, stray from the pack. He starts to fall in love with this girl next door. Who's literally the girl next door. Mm -hmm. And um, they are basically bent on uh, wiping out uh, earthlings by putting bacteria in the water. Okay. Or something like that. And they've got a plan to do this. And the one guy who's starting to fall in love with the girl is like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't. So he starts to stray from the program. And uh, that's all I should probably say about it. I noticed their bikes, uh, their their biker jackets had these patches on them that had this symbol. And it's uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of a zigzag little diamond thing. And I thought, oh, that's that's a cool sort of emblem. I think that would be a nice thing to have on a jacket. It might look a little, I don't know, maybe a little fascist, though. You'd have to be careful. So uh, that's it for me in the new year. Jolien, aside from uh, Rollerball. Uh, Well, on uh, the New Year's days, we binged um, Star Trek Discovery. Mm. It just came out on disc so we could watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Have you seen any of that? No. Uh, It was really good. I uh, really enjoyed it. Um, it gets pretty gruesome, especially episode three, I think, where they come across this creature on a ship and it's just tearing people, getting torn up and twisted. And, mm. um, and it's got Michelle Yeoh in it, so I'm happy. Um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Um, so what what year does that span? What date range? Uh, it's set... Ten years before the Kirk series. Okay. So you get some familiar characters turning up. Oh, okay. Good and bad. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really well done. You have to have faith in it because it takes these turns at various mm. points, kind of wrong foot. So you think you know it, where it's going to go and then it just pull the rug out. Mm. And oh, nice. it does that a couple of times, but yeah, you just have faith in it. That's uh, it's really good. It's nice to be surprised sometimes, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I bought um, Emily a Blu-ray of Murder by Death. I don't know. 1976. It's a, it's a satire of uh, Pardon My Murder Mysteries. Oh, okay. Um, it's written by Neil Simon. And it's uh, it's got his all-star cast playing takeoffs on various archetypal detectives. Oh, okay. Uh, so you've got uh, Nick and Nora Charles, Charlie nice. Chan, Sam Spade, Miss Marple, Hercule Poirot. Uh, and they're all parodied... Uh, and the cast is like uh, Arlene Brennan, Truman Capote, Peter Falk, Alec Guinness, Elsa Lanchester, David Niven, Peter Sellers, Maggie Smith. I don't uh, recognize any of these names. <laughs> I, th- I think Will would watch literally anything with Peter Falk in it. Right. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, he's really Columbo. good. Columbo. Yeah, he's just... <laughs> he's good in anything. Uh, excellent parody. He's, he plays like um, Sam Diamond, I think, in okay, the movie. Okay, Sam Spade. And he's, he's this real... Uh, really rude, tiresome guy who keeps coming out with all these like lines that you find in the you know in the style of the, the novels. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the poster and credit art is by Charles Adams. Oh, really? Um, what year was this? Seventy six. Oh, okay. See, I remember this being out and and uh, somewhat available at some point in time, and never got to see it. Mm-hmm. So how how does it unfold for you? I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, most of the jokes land. Yeah, it's um, uh, it, it's something to offend everyone. Good, good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. We, we we enjoyed it. I mean, Emily thought it was pretty pretty darn funny. <clears throat> um, she she loved the especially the parody of uh, Charlie Chan. Oh mm. god, it, it, it's really good. Um, and I watched uh, The House with the Clock in Its Walls. How okay. Was, how which was is that? Eli Roth yeah. family movie. Uh, it's kind of Halloween-y. There's these evil pumpkins in it. And there's an excellent kind of magic house they're in. I love all the decor. It's got all these like vintage, uh, you know, posters in the style of vintage magic shows or, or actual reproductions. And oh, that's then it's cool. This, you know, with the old uh, automata, you know, the mm-hmm. dull-headed... Yeah. creations oh, that yeah. still wind up and they do these yeah. really complicated things yeah there's a whole room full of those yeah um it's uh and, and being like eli roth the uh the creepy bits are pretty well done hmm. um and it's got you know it's got blood um it's got vomit it's got um dead deer no dead deer it's got topiary griffin poo uh, it's got pumpkin vomit. Uh, it's a bit of chainsaw action. What are the odds? Two of the uh, garage bands I was in in high school. Pumpkin vomit? <laughs> yeah. They rock. And topiary dog poo? Uh, Griffin a, poo. Or Griffin poo? And it, it's quite... It's, um, it's a bit where uh, the kids go out to, to bring someone back to life. Oh. From the graveyard. And, uh, and as they leave the house, they go buy these various like, magical things. And one of them's a monkey's paw. Oh, cool! Because um, that uh, story always ends well. Yeah, uh, and the cast like uh, is Jack Black, uh, Kate Blanchett, and uh, Carl McLachlan. 
Wow. On the cast. So, uh, yeah, it was all right. I didn't, I didn't feel a sense of magic to it, really. Uh, but it was, it was quite fun. Good. And it was nice. It was great to look at and everything. Good cast. Um, all right. And then watched uh, The Predator. Ooh, I've heard nothing but bad things another one about from this movie. I thought it was all right. I mean, it's like another batch of military you know, tough guys. Expendables. Yeah. Uh, so in this case, um, uh, the, the guy who actually saw the, the the ship land has been, they want to shut him up. So they throw him in with this uh, uh, prison van full of uh, various guys who've been sectioned out of the army mm. and so it's kind of like one flew over the cuckoo's nest they've all got these quirky things going on yeah but they you know they have to bust out and uh olivia Munn is a, a scientist who's brought in to investigate the predators and um i thought it was all right I mean, it goes on a bit um it's got thomas jane in it, in it as one of the inmates uh and again it's set around halloween oh cool uh, is one of those movie Halloweens as well. Oh, so God. the streets are just full of kids dressed in... Perfect costumes. Uh, yeah, non, uh, you know, uh, what is it, uh, IP characters. Yeah. And all the houses are completely decorated right. wonderfully. Ginger Snaps has a, has a Halloween, but it's markedly Canadian in okay. flavor. We'll talk more about it when we talk about... Like bacon? Yes. Okay. Maple bacon. Maple bacon. Um, the storytelling. It's my favorite is... detective, maple bacon. <laughs> I found the storytelling in this one was a bit of a mess, especially towards the end. It's like, what happened to that character? What happened to that character? You know. Oh. Um, anyway, uh, and and also there's two of the plot points. One of them hinges on autism being the next step in evolution. Okay. And one of them. Um, like uh, I also watched Venom from 2018, which has got uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, and uh, how does he do? Yeah, he, I mean, he's he's Tom Hardy. He's yeah. okay in things. Yeah, <laughs> but you have to question his choices. Like, why are you in Venom? How did you get roped into this? <laughs> yeah, stinker. Yeah, he he looks terrible most of the way through because he's playing this guy who's like. All, he's, he's like he's lost everything yeah. so he's like sweaty and like uh, unkempt for most of the movie mm. um, and uh, you wondered wondering if he's actually crazy or not um, and uh, let's see uh, oh, it was quite enjoyable it's, I mean, they, they they get the character right pretty much I think as far as I know oh, okay. um, I mean there wasn't much of a character there that I remember Venom was a villain, and then he became kind of an anti-hero when he solved more copies. Yes. That was pretty much <laughs> yeah, his whole yeah. motivation of changing from a bad guy. You couldn't have somebody everybody loved eating people's brains. Right. Yeah, he still bites off a few heads in the movie. Yeah, that's what I hear. Um, but it's just bad guys, so it's okay. Just, it's okay. Yeah, see? Um, so this one, like like the Predator, uh, the plot hinges on human extinct, extinction in uh, one or two generations. Mm. All right. Sounds positive. Yeah. So there you go. Positive note. <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you think our extinction event is going to actually be? 
Will, any ideas? Uh, probably already happened. Yeah, we're doing it now. Well, yeah, that's what I assume. It's going to be a slow, boring grind to the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we might die of old age in the middle of it. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can see what's going on here. <coughs> see, it's already got mm, Will. Boring apocalypse. <laughs> This apocalypse, mundane apocalypse. <laughs> this apocalypse is stupid. <laughs> it uh, certainly is. So, um, I didn't mention at the top of the show, but I probably should mention now. Um, next week, next episode. See, we lied. We <laughs> lied. We, f- or you could switch these around. Yeah. I guess. You know, we could just not put out an episode for two weeks and then just put them out back to back in the correct order. Uh, Ziggy will be joining us for the next installments of the Friday the 13th Good, because uh, I need time to watch those. Yeah, you were trying to do a YouTube viewing, and that never yeah. goes well. So I was hoping a section would be missing, or maybe I'd just skip it. You know, you could watch one of those supercuts of, here's all the kills. Evidently, he has the most. Yeah. Jason. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got the biggest body count of all the slashers. Next to Luke Skywalker. Well... What about the Invisible Man? He's not a slasher, but he does rack up hundreds of kills. Yeah. He just wipes Who, out. the Invisible Man? Yeah, he just wipes out trains and blimps full of people, right? Mm-hmm. So. Oh, okay. I don't remember. I remember the train. I don't remember a blimp full of people. But... Well, I'm making that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you saying the Invisible Man was behind the Hindenburg? Yes. Wow. Yeah. The scandal. Mm-hmm. The humanity, the scandal. So, um... Two out of the three of us did watch Ginger Snaps. Yes. And uh, that would be me, Richard, and Will. Uh, Jolian, you didn't get to it. You had a little internet problem. Uh, yep. Prime so... was down. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I couldn't get any internet for more than a couple of minutes for the last couple of days. Oh, man. And you had a non-starter with this movie a few years ago because mm-hmm. of uh, two minutes in, th- there's a horrible mutilated dog scene. Um, my first note here is does the dog die that would be a yes got that out of the way early so several yeah it turns out several dogs are although mutilated. you never see a dog die no you just see the aftermath you just see a mutilated dog yeah um one of them's clearly a puppet yeah and the other ones are just you know static real dogs static props real dogs because <laughs> canada does not care <laughs> a bunch of monsters <laughs> Oh, everyone thinks they're polite. Yeah, unless you're a dog. <laughs> uh, so this, um, did you know going into it, Will, that this was a Canadian movie? No. How far into it? No. How far uh, into it did you spot? Should we give a plot rundown before I? Well, sure. Um, Can I give the plot please, rundown? Please do. The town is called Bailey Downs. Go. All right. Ginger and his sis- and her sister Snaps <laughs> are a couple of weirdos. Yeah. Uh, who encountered a werewolf. Uh-huh. That's uh, that's pretty much the rundown there, and you find out pretty early on they're Canadian. Yeah. Um, my notes... You see some Ontario license plates. <clears throat> uh, I think it's about somewhere in the first ten minutes, uh, the, the one girl says, don't wuss out now. Oh, I didn't hear that. But. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's an oot or two and a couple of <laughs> oot or two and a couple of sorries and a couple of sorries. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, we're we're not making fun of Canada or Canadians or how they we talk. Are. It's just an observation. Just an observation based in malice. Anthropology. Right. 
and anthropology and malice. If I sounded like I used to sound being from the south side of Chicago, uh, I would I would expect people to have a laugh at my expense. Oh, we are only poking gentle fun at the great nation of Canada. Of course. I just don't think they should be able to make movies. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Except two of the greatest Christmas movies ever made. Black Christmas. Christmas Story. And a Christmas Story. And Christmas Evil. Oh, no, wait. Christmas Evil was set in New York. I believe it was a New York production. Um, other than David Cronenberg. Well, book, book clock. I have problems with the... Oh, okay. I have problems with Canada. Sometimes their movies are not so good. This movie... <laughs> it's unlike America where they, everything is great. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that they, I have watched a number of Canadian productions that fall well short of the mark of good entertainment. They... I don't know. I've seen a lot of things that come from Canada that have a sort of... TV quality, and I mean that in the worst way possible, <laughs> about it, them, um, this movie included. At times, this movie was clever. At times, it was a sitcom. Well, yeah, there were some sitcom moments in it, I suppose. You know, and I couldn't tell <clears throat> at times what the tone was supposed to be. Also true. Um, was it satirical? Were they having a laugh? Or was it supposed to be... See, at no point... I think they were always having a laugh, but I couldn't tell how... I don't know. Not everything they threw at the screen was funny. Right. Um, not everything worked. Ultimately, I think it comes down to this movie is not very good. Okay. Um, Can you see why it's a cult sort of... Is it a cult favorite? It sort of is, yeah. Like, it's got a following. Oh. Um. Yeah, I can see that. But, I don't know. I had problems with this. My biggest problem, oh. uh, the the werewolf, um, the, the animatronic or whatever the hell it is, the puppet. Just the puppet looks... doesn't look very good no, it, it, in any scene. None of their effects are terribly Yeah, the effects were believable. by Paul Jones. I, I don't know his work. Yeah. But I can say that this white werewolf he made looked like a really bad polar bear. <laughs> a mangy polar bear. It looked like that that thing that pops out of the toilet in Ghoulies, <laughs> crossed with a polar bear. Yes. So there's that. That's my biggest problem. For your biggest problem with a werewolf movie to be the werewolf, mm. that's bad. Uh, Had you seen this before? Yes, I, okay. I saw it years ago, and I and I wouldn't call it a mind eraser, but I had forgotten a lot about. A lot of boot the plot, and uh, this. I thought I had seen this, but I, I don't believe I've ever seen this. Oh, okay. Because you mentioned it, and I was like, oh yeah, but yeah. I think maybe I just remember the box, mm. and it's one of those that you could. I mean, it's not unpredictable. Yeah. In any way, it, it right. sounds interesting on paper, at least because it's got it's like uses the werewolf myth as a kind of gay text. It doesn't use it as or... a gay text at all. It uses it as a as a unhidden text on menstruation. Oh, and totally. The horror yeah. of of menstruation, and Jean put it as you know, like oh, the disgust and horror of of getting your first period, which is totally as and and they do that, and that's one of the better parts of the film. 
But then they kind of drop it for this werewolf thing. I mean, they're trying to play off, you know, werewolf. And there's it's there's bloody attacks. There's uh, lots of changes. A 28-day cycle. A 28-day cycle, the full moon, all this stuff. And they play with that at the beginning, but then they kind of drop it. Oh. Yeah, they, um, they touch back to it once or twice, and that's it. Because then they kind of make the werewolf... They make the werewolf about menstruation at first, but then they make it about hormones, because uh, the dorky guy gets attacked by the girl, and he starts turning into a werewolf. Okay. And that felt like they're kind of, oh, they're kind of losing their metaphor. Right. And then they just totally dropped it, and they're like, oh, yeah, they kicked st- that under the rug, and now we're just a straight werewolf movie. Yeah, we stirred that into the rest, you know, the rest of the narrative. And I felt that the girls were, although uh, Ginger, or I mean Snaps was okay at times, mm-hmm. I found Ginger just too unbelievable. Yeah, um, Bridget, or Snaps as you called her. Snaps uh, she's was like, her name, she's like, yeah, She's like uh, the goth blossom. Yes. I don't know if you ever saw Blossom, but it was a mm-hmm. it was a uh, uh, late '80s, early '90s sitcom. Yeah, and, um, that's all you need to say. Yeah, <laughs> the the woman the, the the young woman grew up to be in. Uh, um, She's uh, in the Big Bang Big Bang Theory. Theory. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say Third Rock. I'm like, what is the name of that dumb show? Uh, <laughs> it's got something sciencey to it. Yeah. So a couple of the things I made notes on were the. Um, the pack of assholes. All new Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> right. The uh, the pack of assholes hanging out in the bleachers mm-hmm. when they're having field hockey practice. Oh, that's what set me off to that it was Canada. Oh, yeah. Field hockey. Field hockey. Yeah. I was like, mm, this is Canada. No American kids play field hockey. Maybe they would. No one, no school I ever went to. Um, the male gaze of, of these guys just like leering and making comments about the girls. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, where are they going to go with that? Well, they showed us that they were awful, and I think they killed one of them and then turned one into a werewolf and mm-hmm. changed him back. Um, I, I think there's some somewhere they could have gone with making them actually dangerous because they were, they were menacing in more of a uh, rude... Uh, that's where... That's, that's, uh, that's kind of my problem with this film is it, it never felt like it... It starts down a road. It starts down a road. Yeah. It's like it never really commits to anything. Sometimes the mom was kind of an interesting character. So other times she was just like a sitcom yeah. cardboard cutout. It was, I don't know. It felt like tonally there were weird shifts in this movie. Yeah. Nothing I can really pinpoint, but... There was a, a, a reaction that, that one of the girls has to the mom where she says... God, I hate our gene pool. And I forget yes. what the mom was doing or saying at the time. Uh, another... She was unloading groceries from the back of the family suburban. Yeah, yeah. And she said something that they thought was a little so, silly. So does the uh, werewolf just turn up or is there more? Well, there's a, no. there's a slow transformation. Uh, well, the original werewolf, you don't learn anything about. Oh. She attacks... She, he attacks, uh, I thought it was going to be the janitor, the school janitor. Right. The way they kind of show him a couple times. But it attacks the girls and bites one of them, scratches her, you get a fleeting, infects her. You get a fleeting glimpse and a blurry Polaroid is all yeah. you get. Which would have been better than... Than what you end up with at the end of the movie. 
Because at the end, you end up with a really rubbery puppet. I think you you two guys and I, with some paper mache, could have made a better looking werewolf. Yeah, I think so. Out of paper mache. Okay. At least the sculpt would have been better looking. (laughs) I was going to say, I've seen your sculptures. (laughs) (laughs) I'd assume you could do an excellent werewolf. Well, thank you. I, I, I feel like you could make the thing out of literally anything, make a mold from it, and then cast it in rubber mm-hmm. and stick your hand in it and move it around and it would look better than what we saw. Yeah, it was sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention, that there was a relatively clever Blade Runner reference. Uh, the sisters were kind of bagging on their classmates, and one of them refers to one of the classmate girls as a uh, standard pleasure model. <laughs> Oh, okay. which was what uh, Pris was yes. in Blade Runner, and I thought a lot of people aren't going to get that. Like, in fact, most people aren't going to get that. I didn't even hear it. Yeah, it's like a single line from Blade Runner, and it's you know a reference that maybe would just go right under the radar. Uh, when uh, Ginger discovers she's bleeding, she says, "I got the curse." Oh well. Yeah, and of course later she has the werewolf curse. So super clever. Um, I like how they tied that in. See, yeah, things like that were clever, but then by the end of the movie, they'd kind of forgotten about all that. The very most important thing in this movie, <clears throat> this this uh, this has an artistic use of motion detector lights in a werewolf attack scene. Does it? On the edge of the woods, you see the, the, uh, the lights go on several houses in a row. Oh, man. And we talked about this after we saw Halloween. It's like, we really want to see the motion detector become the new mirror trick. Mm-hmm. Yes. The new medicine cabinet mirror trick. Uh, and this prefigures that by 18, 19 years. What did this come yeah, out in 99? This came out in 99. Yeah. Well, think huh. about that. Like this, they or were on the 2000, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, one of them was for rent and the other was for free on Prime. Right. And I don't know why they give me both options. I saw that too. Who's going to go for the, oh, I'll rent it for three ninety nine because it came out the year before the free one. Even though it's the same film. Right. That Although kinda... maybe I'm wrong. Right. Maybe I should have rented this. So uh, let's see. The other note that I have that, that was kind of a funny line from one of the girls was, uh, was Ginger says to her sister, I can't have a hairy chest bee. That's fucked. I thought that was kind of cool. Because hmm. uh, she's sprouting some hair from the wound uh-huh. from having been slashed. Yeah, it looked she, like she wore her Angora sweater over her wounds before they fully healed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she kept shaving the, uh, the the werewolf hair off of it. And uh, they ended up at a Halloween party where she has partially changed. She's got fangs and kind of a... Yeah. Demon face from Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of thing. Um, going, going on. Yeah. And so. extra nipples. Oh, yeah, that's right. She had nipples on her rib cage. Yeah. That, that was, were disturbing. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not just like one extra nipple. It was like rows of them like a dog. Yeah. So that was uh, that was good. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Bridget was attacked by Jason, who was infected by Ginger due to unprotected sex. I don't know if they're trying to do some morality play here, but it's not working. Uh, the spread of the werewolf curse could either be by like a bite. See, and that's where the whole metaphor from menstruation breaks down. Right. 
you know, because now she can spread it to Jason, who's then, he has, like, blood on his pants? Has he got his period, too? What's going on here? I don't understand how the werewolf biology works. Why was he peeing blood? I didn't understand. I didn't understand that. Yeah. Was she punching him in the kidneys while they were doing it? (laughs) It could have been. (laughs) Is that a thing in Canada? It could be. Huh, Canada? Uh, the, the single listener, Canada. We've we've had up to three listeners from Canada, I think. Okay, good. We've lost them all. Well, it could be somebody involved in this film, for all we know. Ooh, I would hope not. Um, uh, Catherine Isabel, who who played Ginger, was actually at uh, Flashback Weekend in I Chicago. I thought Jeremy Irons played both twins. <laughs> he should have. <laughs> I would love to see Jeremy Irons play a teenage girl. <laughs> He was that good. He could command two salaries by playing twin girls. They weren't twins, though. One of them was held back. No, one of them was advanced. So uh, one of the questions about this this monk's hood uh, herb or leaf or plant or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. flower, uh, this was uh, the cure for the werewolf curse. Yeah. It was like wolf's bane, only not. And they made some sort of a distillate or derivative or something. Yeah. Uh, an injection of this cured uh, dumbass Jason. Jason. Yeah. So they just jammed it in his neck or whatever, and and he was he was good to go. The curse was lifted. Yes. So that doesn't help the uh, the narrative. It, it just skews off again. Yeah. See again. They, I don't know. Yeah. And then they seem to kill her with a knife. At the end. Also, how does that fit into the narrative? Now, I did I did actually like how uh, uh, the younger sister, um, Bridget, was being uh, stalked and attacked by Ginger the werewolf. And she ended up... Yeah, some of that was effective. In part of the unfinished basement, she had to go through all these little stud walls and was trying to hide from her. I liked before when she was trapped in the cupboard. Yeah. And uh, Sam went out, her 25-year-old boyfriend. Yes, she's 15, and she has a 25-year-old boyfriend because of Canada. Yeah, things are different there. (laughs) Things are different there. Um, But I thought that was an effective scene. But then you have scenes like when she's walking down the street and Mom picks her up. It was shot all blocked off like it was a sitcom. It's weird. I don't know... Like, this movie seemed like some of it was shot very artfully, and then others would... I wonder what the production was like on this. If yeah. it wasn't, you know... Well... I, I don't know who directed it, or if it was TV, split between two TV people. Crew making a movie. Yeah. Some, something like that. There was something... Some of it just seemed very underdeveloped. Well, I do have some notes about uh, the, the uh, shooting of this. Um, so principal photography took place, uh, October 25th, uh, be, uh, between October 25th and December 6th, 1999, lasting a little over six weeks. Three of Toronto's suburbs were used and, uh, shooting, uh, was taking place during winter, 16 hour days, six days a week, Ooh. which of course meant that a lot of people got sick and, uh. It was probably a very difficult shoot. Um, the The bloody scenes that were staged where the girls were 
faking their deaths and sometimes where someone had been attacked, uh, they were concerned that this would upset the neighbors. So they had a place for them to clean up in one of the neighbor's basements. And uh, they had a four-year-old kid that had to be uh, distracted while they came in and out of the basement, all, you know, covered in blood. Um, you know, so they had a, they, they had like a lot of location shooting. There was, I don't think they had a lot of set stuff going on. Um, <clears throat> let's see the, uh, the long shooting days, uh, uh, meant there was a, a problem with the daylight. So the director of photography solved the problem by using diffusion gel and four 18 kilowatt lamps, which generated enough light to be seen a mile in the sky. Hmm. So there's that, um, special effects proved to be a hardship. Um, since uh, the director didn't like CGI and preferred traditional prosthetics and makeups. Uh, consequently, Isabel had to spend up to seven hours in the makeup chair to create the ginger transformation and further two hours to remove them. Often they had to use um, borax soap to remove the uh, sticky fake blood and other stuff. And uh, mm. that meant that she was... Uh, probably had irritated skin. She had to wear contacts that hindered her vision. Uh, she had the fake teeth, the prosthetic teeth. So there was a lot going on that this girl endured, but, um, she spoke surprisingly well with those fake teeth. She did. Uh, the note I have here says the most aggravating thing was the full facial prosthetic that kind of Buffy, the vampire slayer demon face, Mm -hmm. uh, gave her a permanently runny nose. So she had to stick Q-tips up her nose. Permanently. Like till this day, her nose still runs (laughs) all for a movie. Yeah, her wow. Her, her nose runs and her feet smell. Ah, she was built backward. Uh, no, I'm sure it was just my dog has no nose. It was temporarily permanent. So that's uh, that's all I really have about it. So it it sounds like they um, they had to work pretty hard to get this thing knocked out, and and uh, well, we got a result. We got a result. I'm not entirely pleased with it but now, now the uh the thing the thing about the ending uh so the girls are battling it out in the uh semi-finished basement um bridget ends up finding the knife that ginger used to amputate her wolf tail tried to amputate or tried to tried to yeah <clears throat> so she found the knife and ends up killing ginger with that knife yeah now if i remember right the sequel was darker and bridget is in uh, some sort of a home or an asylum or something. And she's still got the curse. And I think she sees or sees or hears uh, apparitions of her sister. I'm, mm. not, I'm not certain about that. I don't think the girl that played Ginger wanted to come back for a sequel. Probably not. Um, not after having to be boraxed <laughs> after seven hour days in the makeup chair. Right. Covered in ice cold blood. Followed by borax to scrub it off. Um, so, uh, so this, so this, uh, movie did get a sequel. Um, yes, there's Ginger Snaps too. Yeah. Ginger Snaps Back mm. was the little tagline under it. Um, it's even pretty... though it's only snaps in the sequel. So, so here's the thing. Uh, does this... Jeremy Irons at least come back to play <laughs> snaps? No, we don't get a bit of Jeremy Irons. Uh, so, so here's the, here's the trouble with this movie. It does kind of lean toward uh sitcom vibe, sit, sitcom kind of mood. And then it ends up so dark. The ending is so dark. Yeah. The girl has to kill her sister. 
and sits there sobbing, holding her. Yeah. Okay, where do you go with that? You know, you went back and forth on this whole weird narrative, and you end up with a dying, you know, dead sister. Well, where else would you go with that? The Insane Asylum and a sequel. Sounds good. Why not? So, uh, as werewolf movies go, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, because there's a lot of howling sequels. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the howling series. Would this resonate with you if you were a little girl? You see, that's the thing is, is who's, who is it speaking to who's going to say, well, you know. I don't think so because they have this whole contrivance where both girls, although 16 and fifth or almost 16 and almost 15 have not had their periods for huh. or yet. So they're a little older than average, and they they make notice of that. And I felt like they they did that so they could have teenage girls, like mid teens, rather than young teens, okay. preteens. Yeah, because that would be creepy. Yeah, it'd be a lot creepier if they were eleven and twelve. Right. Um, but so I felt like that was a weird plot contrivance. But that was another thing that, like, are you going to make this about menstruation or not? Right. It's it's a topic that I think some people are a little freaked out by it, or a little squeamish about it. Uh, I don't know why that is such an awkward thing, but it's just one of those parts of life that that uh, you have to understand it and and yeah, well, uh, squeamish about something that happens to half the population. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's a yeah. weird thing. I mean, everything people do is squeamish. I mean, when you really think about it, biology's fucking disgusting. <laughs> It's all goos and goopy bits and drippy bits and yeah, filth. That, that kind of implies that the uh, the right way to be is completely clean and antiseptic. And One would hope. <laughs> completely hairless. You could hop in the shower and just hose down. Yeah. You know, no openings. <laughs> it's perfect. If you really want to check out people who uh, who think it's it's a good idea to modify themselves, uh, there's a show called Botched. It's about people who've had bad plastic surgery oh, or ill-advised surgeries, Ooh. and they go to these two doctors. Uh, one of whom is the younger brother of the singer from Quiet Riot, who died a few years ago. Huh? What a weird twist. That is a weird twist. So, Doctor Dubro and Doctor Dude Bro, <laughs> Dude Bro. No, Dubrow, uh, Dr. Dubrow, and I forget his buddy's name, but it's these two doctors and they're always like, Ooh, what did they do to you? And they start poking and prodding and then they, it's like, they injected they how to, much stuff into your lips? Do they try to help these people or are they just there mm. to point out what's wrong? No, they do. They do try to help <laughs> them. them. When are they, they just shaming? <laughs> yeah. So the, the one that is, goes bad is called botched and the one where it goes right is called boxed. <laughs> boxed. They just can't change expression. Right. But they look great. Well, that's the trouble. None of them really look great. <laughs> well, some of them look all right. Some of them look more realistic than others. But here's what's wrong with the people who go into uh, the office for their consultation. A lot of them don't see anymore how weird looking it's getting to be. After about three to five surgeries, they either they can't see it to start with or, or it just gets worse. I don't mm. know. Uh my point is there was a guy on there who, who had his sweat glands removed from his underarms. And uh, he was in there trying to have like more lip injection stuff done. 
And they were telling him, you know, if you do this, there's going to be more injection, more goop in your lip than actual lip and your lip will start to die. So we're not going to do it. And so he really kind of wanted to look like a weird lippy Ken doll. And, uh, it's like you had your sweat glands removed, dude, you're supposed to sweat. Mm. It's okay. It's like he wanted to be that antiseptic hairless creature with yeah. pouty lips. With big lips? I didn't say anything about big lips. <laughs> didn't you? I, I was, no. I thought you did. Anyway, so botched. Uh, botch that, it. <laughs> botch it. Yes. Watch botched. Watch botched. You will, you will be simultaneously horrified and grossed out. Wait, those are pretty similar things, but you, you'll be both of those things. I don't know. I don't know if I can watch Botched. Hey, you remember the woman from the White Snake videos? Yeah. Tawny Katane? Yeah. She's in an episode. Oh, really? Yep. She says she, she looked she, terrible. She says she wants off of the boob train. Oh. So she has her implants removed and the boob train has her boobs reshaped. Oh, yeah. Good for her. Yeah. So, uh, did she turn into a werewolf at any point? Well, no, but have you ever seen Witchboard? Witchboard is she in that? Jolien, you saw Witchboard. I saw Witchboard. She was the star of Witchboard. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, so there was that. Um, wow, talk about digressing, huh? Yeah. We went way, way off. So, we can't avoid it any longer. I have to ask the question Jolien, based on the dog deaths. The one you saw and the other four or five you didn't see, uh, I'm going to guess you can't even recommend it to yourself. No. Uh, Will, do you recommend this to horror fans? No. Or uh, no? No. Anybody? I mean, no. Uh, if it was on Comet. Yeah. And you were doing the dishes or maybe the ironing. Uh-huh. While mm. it was on. Okay. It's not that bad. No, I was ready to see it, but you know, just wasn't able to. Yeah, well, hey, man. you didn't miss out on much. It's, I, I think you summed it up best, and you haven't even seen it. It sounds better on paper than it works. Okay, right. It's it's too it's a little too uh, chaotic for it. Doesn't quite know what it's trying to say. Mm-hmm. So the storyline doesn't really need to be completely overhauled. It just needs to be kind of uh, edited, to- yeah, and commit to your narrative and commit to your uh, metaphors. And uh, I could see if somebody wanted to remake this thing 25 years later or, you know, 30 years later or whatever. 20 years later, right this year. Well, I think it's too soon. (laughs) I think it needs five more years. Five more years to percolate. Yeah. Um, I think if somebody were to rewrite the script a little bit, not even change it that much, and give it good effects, it could work. Yeah. Um, The the two young women doing um, uh, uh, playing the sisters... They were fine actresses. Yeah, they were fine. Yeah, they weren't great, but uh, the younger sister, Bridget, I mean... Snaps? Emily Perkins. Um, she did a good job. Yeah, Snaps did all right. <laughs> Ginger and Snaps were both uh, they're both good. I would watch them in another thing. Uh, so you would not recommend this to no, horror fans? I don't think so. I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, don't if, bother. If you're a 14-year-old girl and you're new to horror movies, uh, maybe you watch this maybe. at your Halloween slumber party. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how that would work as not having been a 14-year-old girl, but I don't know how you would feel for that. Right. I don't know if this movie would 
But um, the... like uh, for non-horror fans, like uh, things like um, what was that horror soap back in the early, uh, Dark Shadows? Yeah, Dark Shadows. Yeah. So that was a gateway. That was like a huge female audience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just don't know if this would appeal. Who this movie would really appeal to? Yeah. I don't think it's well enough done well enough to to really appeal to anyone. I mean, so you can't understand the cult following. Um, Has it got much not exactly. Following? Well, he said that it does. Yeah, and I don't really see. I so I've heard. I can kind of see it because it's got edgy girls, and I can see you wanting to be an edgy girl as a teen, maybe, and so they're being wearing like a, Nickelback t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, totally. Does All the other girls wear are wearing Rush t-shirts. Does anyone wear a Ramones t-shirt in this? Nah. I don't remember. I don't think anybody wears any identifiable identifiable t-shirts i see here's the thing i don't think anybody wanted to uh pay someone to to clear the the the, the, the rights usage or pay for the rights for anything like uh some stuff you could probably get away with but literally everything on screen now people have to be careful that they won't get sued by a graffiti artist who painted on that train that goes by in a scene yeah or uh you know, any print or picture or painting hanging on a wall, they have to get everything cleared now because there's always some jerk that wants to sue somebody because something was in the background and it was their work. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool if something of yours makes it on screen. You know, it's not the focal point of the whole movie, then no harm done. Yeah. You get a few exposure bucks. So. Exposure bucks, which you can use. Yeah. Nowhere. For nothing. <laughs> so, uh, to answer my own question, I, I don't recommend this, uh, except to maybe have a laugh, uh, or if you're a completionist, like you've got, you have to watch every werewolf movie ever made. Good well, luck. you're on a collision course with eventually watching this. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I would say, you know, watch a better werewolf movie like Dog Soldiers. Um, American Werewolf in London. Absolutely. Um, the the Wolfman remake was better than this. Wolf with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> you get to see him pee on James Spader. Yes. You so do. you got that. Uh, so yeah, I, um, I would say uh, skip it unless you want to watch every werewolf movie ever. Now, now what a strange goal. So, <laughs> hey man, twenty nineteen, new me. I'm gonna watch every werewolf movie ever made. Uh, how do you guys feel about Showgirls? Have you ever seen that? Oh, yes. I think it's like a great cult movie. It's it's so bad. And it's got... I, I like when they animated clothes on them for, oh, for broadcast. Oh, that's right. You talked about this before. Yes. I wish I could find a copy of it. It was so bizarre. It's uh. like a dirty Roger Rabbit. <laughs> well, guys... Um, we should have Ziggy joining us next time. And uh, that Hopefully. means that our listeners should get caught up on uh, Friday the 13th, four through seven. Wow. That's a lot a, of movies. It's a lot to ask. So I would say pick one or pick as many as you can handle and watch them. Worst case scenario, go on YouTube and find some of those things where it's like, we're going to talk about all the kills, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what was that guy's username? Dead Meat. Dead meat, yes. His videos were pretty good. And they Dean were, meat. <laughs> they were about 10 or 12 minutes long, and uh, he covered the movies pretty well. He talks about the plot in between showing the kills and gets it done. 
And then I'll have a Travolta story for you guys uh, when we do talk about these. Uh, a Travolta story. There's a Travolta in, and it's not John, and it's not Ellen. Ellen's son is in one of the Friday the 13th movies, and he's somebody I've actually met. And then I have a really great small world story that goes with it. So there's that. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Mm-mm. No, right. I think that covers it. All right, so uh, go watch all them werewolves if that's what you're going to do. All them werewolves. We're not going to try and stop you. Uh, and, you know, if you're going to watch something Canadian uh, by Will's recommendation, uh, get some Cronenberg. Yeah. Or uh, Why if you listen. make a werewolf movie? Or Bob Clark. Well, I was going to say, or Bob, Bob Clark. Clark. You got a couple of Bob Clarks to choose from, and arguably a Christmas story has got some horror in it. Uh, all right, well, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Stay off the Morris.